The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Hey there, it's uh, Friday, a gorgeous uh, Friday in the City of Champions. Looking like a not bad weekend. Uh, well, hey, you know what? It's not snowing and it's not below zero, so we'll take it. It's Jaylen Nye and uh, my producer this afternoon, Brad Whisker, handling the show. Hey, Brad. How's it going? Good. So Andrew Gross off today, opening for Kevin Nealon down in Calgary. So if you're down there, you can check that out. Today on the show, a number of things that we want to get to. We have, uh, there's a really cool initiative that's happening. It's starting in Calgary, actually, and it will be making its way to Edmonton uh, within the next year, year and a half. And it's about... Uh, Um, these small homes for homeless veterans and it's a it's a collaboration between the homes for heroes foundation and atco so we're going to talk to the president of uh the uh, the foundation about the plans for edmonton coming up we're going to do that as well some changes new rules on car repairs and purchases here in the province of alberta we'll talk to the minister of service alberta plus found this today thought it was really interesting brad and it was uh, it started with a Twitter or with a Twitter with a tweet <laughs> that was uh, put out by uh, a woman by the name of Shannon Proudfoot the other day. She asked people to describe their most thunderous epiphany, and it could be something as tiny as whatever or something huge. And it turned out to be absolutely hilarious. Yeah, something in their childhood that later on in life they had figured out, more or less. And maybe not in your childhood. Yeah. <laughs> it's because mine happened a couple of years ago oh, as, yeah? as, a, as a 40-something woman, and it had to do with broccoli. That's all I... Not broccoli, with... Um, what do you call those ones? The round ones? Brussels sprouts. I'll tell you about it coming up, all right? But the thing that you learned late in life. But right now, though, uh, we've been following this all day. Want to get right to it. The U.S. Justice Department says a man in his 50s is in custody in connection with those pipe bombs that have been mailed to high-profile Democrats and critics of uh, U.S. President Donald Trump. Thirteen devices have been located over the past week, the latest just this morning, with targets including Barack Obama, Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton. Global Washington correspondent uh, Reggie Cicchini joins us this afternoon. Hi, Reggie. Good afternoon. So what's the latest on this? I hear some charges have been laid now. Yeah, the Attorney General held a press conference earlier today saying that five federal charges have now been laid against this 56-year-old suspect, and they include illegal mailing of explosives along with threats against former presidents and other persons, and that is linked to the two packages that didn't make their way to the homes of uh, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. So um, the um, suspect has been identified as a Caesar Sayoc Jr. What do we know about him? So we know that he was born in Brooklyn, New York, and spent a little bit of time there before his family took him to Florida, where he's been living ever since. We know that he also has a uh, kind of a storied history when it comes to a criminal background. Back in 2002, he had made a bomb or he had bomb-related charges put against him when he had put threats up against a local power power utility in Florida. He's also been charged, uh, or at least faced charges. Some of them have been dropped when it comes to domestic abuse, and he was also charged with uh, defrauding the government, uh, taking money that didn't belong to. Him. So mm-hmm. police did have an idea as to who he was, and it was a fingerprint that was taken during a previous charge, which is what led to uh, authorities being able to track him down. Wow. So, Reggie, what do we know about this white van that's believed to be his? 
So that's now in a compound where officials are looking through it. They're trying to make sure there's nothing else inside it, trying to put together some of the pieces that they found inside it, see if that links in with any of the uh, current investigation. The exterior of the van, though, it was littered with GOP stickers, with stickers linked to the Trump campaign and Trump organizations. It also had a number of kind of uh, uh, social media memes on it where things, uh, you know, blasting uh, left-leaning media or at least uh, centralized to left-leaning media like MSNBC and CNN. That's something uh, that uh, that authorities are looking at right now. And it's also what the attorney general had spoken about today, saying that this person does seem to be partisan. Now, Reggie, are, how big of a concern is there out there right now that there still may be more pipe bombs to be delivered to show up to go through the mail? So that's it is a concern right now. There's about 60,000 uh, supervisors across the United States Postal Service, uh, you know, li- listed throughout the United States. They're on a heightened alert right now because we went almost a full day where no additional bombs were found. And then we had, a, you know, a, a few more that were added to that list today. So there is a fear and a concern that there could be additional uh, bombs left in the mail right now that haven't uh, been sorted through or at least haven't been put through machines. So everybody's kind of on a heightened alert throughout postal services and throughout courier services to double check to make sure that anything that seems out of the ordinary is given to the proper authority. Now, Reggie, obviously the timing of this is in a way convenient. I mean, midterm elections are coming up next week. Do you suspect there'll be any impact? Well, I mean, certain people uh, across the far right side of the spectrum, up to and including uh, the president, for lack of a a few words that he said, some people were trying to say that this was a false flag operation, that this was Democrats who were doing this to try and put the blame on Republicans to try and kind of meddle with and and put a bit of a cramp in the upcoming midterm elections. The authorities right now are saying, look, this is not a hoax. This is not anything that should have been political or should be taken as a political motive. Going forward, you know, we're going to have to see what happens on both sides. Now, Democrats and Republicans have been saying you know, for the last couple of days, we need to work through this. We need to find the person who is responsible for this and bring it to justice. I don't think this is going to have a big impact on at least uh, how the midterms are going to carry out at the beginning of November. People have already made up their minds in this country. They know how they're going to vote. It's just a matter now of of whether or not the president takes this and how he deals with it going forward. So let's talk about the president. I know there was uh, a couple of different tweets out there today. What's he saying? Well, the president originally started the day by trying to call these, you know, quote, bomb things, trying to kind of take a little bit of the of the severity of the situation and downplay it as a potential hoax or a potential uh, something that was being made up by the left. He he did uh, take a, a moment again today to blast uh, the media, saying that they're we're spending too much time uh, in essence covering this bomb situation and not covering things of his administration. Now, at the end of the day, the things that he's done over the last couple of days they are important. There were some drug pricing issues that were worked out, some opioid crisis things worked out, but this is obviously a big deal, and the president was having a hard time focusing on this instead trying to make it a political thing. And and let's, uh, you, the police and security officials have said that these these pipe bombs weren't fake, they, although they did, they did not detonate, they didn't go off. Had they, they could have hurt somebody. Absolutely. So they were saying yesterday that the majority of these bombs were either put together inappropriately or, you know, he may have just not really understood the, the process of putting a bomb together. But had they or were they able to go off, they could have caused some catastrophic damage, not only to those that it was listed to, but to the people that were carrying it. So those bombs are now being taken to uh, the FBI headquarters in Quantico, Virginia. They're going to be looked at. They'll be taken apart and everything will be kind of pieced out to see what was real and mm-hmm. what wasn't real in it. But again, it's a big deal that people are concerned now, like we said earlier if there are more in the mail right now do we know reggie if anybody was home any of these suspected targets were they home at the time 
So uh, the ones that were intercepted didn't make it to any houses. But for something like George Soros, uh, the billionaire oh. who, who who was the first one to receive this, that actually wound up into his mailbox. Now, we don't know if he was in the building or in his house or if it was, you know, staff members or somebody else that was inside at the time. But, you know, if, if these hadn't been intercepted quickly, these could have ended up at the home of any of these people that uh, that were uh, that were listed as, as the recipient on them. So we're lucky that none of them did go off and that nobody was injured. All right. Reggie Cicchini joining us from um, uh, Washington this afternoon. We'll look forward to your coverage tonight on Global National. Thank you so much, Reggie. Thank you. All right. Take care again. Uh, Reggie doing great work down there on top of uh, everything. So 56-year-old Caesar Sayoc Jr. He was a man uh, living in Aventura, Florida. He is uh, the suspect who is now in custody. Again, um, what they're saying is uh, a registered Republican who's been charged with making a bomb threat uh, in 2002. Uh, in 2012, he filed for bankruptcy, declaring court filings uh, that he lived with his mom. And as Reggie was saying, this van, uh, th- this was the, the, the van was quite interesting because this van uh, in that area of Florida has, has um, gained some attention in the past, but now it's just kind of being made public because people uh, on Twitter, on social media are saying, oh, hey, I've seen this before. Look, I took this picture of this van months ago, but it's just, it's it's a really, you know, it's something else. It's just a white van, but it has all sorts of uh, pictures, uh, you know, with the, you know, there's Hillary Clinton on there, like with a, a cross, you know, crossed yeah. out and all different uh, things on it. So it would be certainly... It looks like a propaganda van. Yeah, it does. It does, right? It'd be, yeah. you... It would be hard to miss if you were just out and about and you pulled yeah. up at a red light and yeah. looked to either side of you. This thing is, the windows mm-hmm. are covered with propaganda. Well, the good news here is that so far, uh, nobody has been hurt. They have somebody in custody. As we said, uh, we still have to wait to see if there are still any more in the mail, if they show up anywhere. And we'll, uh, we'll keep you updated on this one as uh, more information becomes available. on the uh, Friday edition of the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. My voice is just a little off today. Forgive me. It was uh, I was out of function uh, last night. It was a mess dinner for my squadron and uh, they tend to get a little bit noisy after, <coughs> after a while. So <laughs> just bear with me uh, a little bit. So, we'll get through um, it. Yeah, it's uh, Jay Lynn and uh, our producer Brad Andrew is off is off today. Going to have some fun uh, this afternoon with some of the stories that are out there as well. A couple of interviews uh, coming up. Um, we've talked on this show before, Brad, about uh, Vision Zero, this effort by uh, the city of Edmonton to reduce uh, pedestrian fatalities. And uh, there was it started back in 2015, and uh, I guess yesterday there was a bunch of uh, traffic safety experts, industry leaders gathering at the, they were at the Expo Center for a big uh, conference to discuss how to make city roads safer, especially now um, after cannabis legislation. My gosh, what's it been? A week and a week and a half. A week and a half. A week and a half now. So. Um, The good news is that collisions involving pedestrians, cyclists, and motorcyclists, they say, have declined since uh, Vision Zero started. Um, But uh, pedestrians still accounted for 33% of traffic-related deaths last year. So, you know, that's that's still quite a bit. And what they're they're worried about is, with cannabis legislation, um, how that is going to have any impact uh, on this program and for Edmonton Police. And again, we've heard this all along, leading up to the legislation and all that sort of stuff. Um, 
Um, one of the constables with the EPS who was speaking yesterday said that they caught two high drivers last week, um, and yet they're still not using those road ties, roadside testing devices. They're just doing the field sobriety uh, tests uh, on them. And so they're just saying, you know what, I wonder where we're going to be in the next five years, you know, 10 years when it comes to that front. I just still think when it comes to this Vision Zero um, initiative, Okay, it's a great idea. Of course, we want our streets safe for for everybody. We especially, you know, we want them safe for pedestrians. But I still want to see, and maybe it's because I'm a driver. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a walker. I don't do a lot of walking. You know what? You know, the, the kids come back from Tokyo. They're taking the LRT. They're walking everywhere. Might be different for them. But you know what? It is still a constant battle. It seems to. Um, to, to share the road at times with pedestrians. And I'm not even going to, you know, cyclists, we've had that conversation here before, but that whole making eye contact before you bloody well cross the road, I mean, start doing it. It is so frustrating and, um, you know, almost hit somebody, almost hit somebody the other day in a parking lot. And um, it, it's, it, it, it was terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. It's, do I go or do I not go? And then you look and they wave you, but you wave back mm-hmm. and say, no, no, you go, trying to do the friendly thing. And then they say, no, 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 but you start to go and then they go. Yeah. You know, I mean. Or just, not, or they're not even looking up at all. And again, I get that this is a shared thing and we both have to be involved and we both have to have a part of it. But when you're stepping out onto the road, um, maybe with your headsets on, I'm not sure what you're listening to. It doesn't really matter. But if you, are you paying attention? Are you listening to what's going around you? Are you face down in, in your phone? And we saw and what was in Hawaii that they 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 uh, they they're charging they're fining people now with distracted walking pretty much and um, I do I think that that is needed but boy oh boy it is it is really really frustrating there is a there is a crosswalk on 91st Street so no so at 91st and Roper Road just up from there right and um, that that tends to get to be a busy road and it's not a it's not a flashing light crosswalk. It's just a crosswalk going across, what is it, three, four lanes of traffic there. And I have seen so many almost deadly accidents there. It's uh, it's staggering. Yeah, and I live downtown, and I've mentioned it on the show before, whether with you or with Andrew. And, you know, of course, it's both driver and pedestrian mm-hmm. responsibility but so many times downtown gets busy it's after mm-hmm. work you're excited to get home you have your face buried in your phone you have your headset yeah. on maybe you're doing a combination of both and you try to run across the street or you think you're going to make it but then drivers they want to get home as well mm-hmm. so they start accelerating maybe when they shouldn't or what have you and there's so many close calls every day that i go home there's one moment in my vehicle where I kind of clench yeah. and go, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And it can so easily be avoided, whether it's the driver or the pedestrian. And again, we both, everyone has to be aware. But at the end of the day, and I, I haven't even looked at the text line right now, but it, I can tell you what it's saying right now. The vehicle outweighs. <laughs> yeah. Of course. The human being uh, pretty quickly. Let me know what you think about this at 4960063. Jed's on the phone. Hey, pal. Hey guys, what's going on? You hey, drive. Uh, you drive all Andrew, day. Your voice is your voice has changed, Andrew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey Je- listen, I drive. I drive for a living. Yeah, you drive I all day. Did the down. I did the downtown. Oh my gosh, 
you have no idea. I've got two bones to pick with you. Number one, pedestrians, when the light turns red, they still think they got the right away and the light's half green and they're coming across the parking lot. They're going here, there, and everywhere. Number two is bicycles. Mm. Now, I said... <laughs> you had to bring, you had to bring that yeah, up, exactly. did you, Jed? No, 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 no. I just want to ask you guys for your response to this. Bicycles, licensed and insured or not licensed and insured? If they're on the road and they're battling cars, which if you go down on a river bend road on a Sunday, hey man, you got these guys that think they're in a marathon or a triathlon or whatever you call it. And these guys, they go right through stop signs, they go this and that. I, I say license and insure just a little bit of insurance just in case you nail Buddy's car. But on the walking part of it, hey people, like you said, don't bury your head. Pay attention mm-hmm. to the light. Mm-hmm. We pay attention to the lights when we drive. You pay attention to the lights. When I'm taking a right-hand turn and uh, Missy or Mr. decides to step off the curb and for me to get around and not go in the other lane with my truck, I'm watching a mirror. You don't yeah. know how many times I've hit the brakes and stood there and watched the people back off. Yeah, absolutely, Jed. Yeah, to hear yeah, you thanks. on that one. Have a great weekend. Thanks for the phone call. Shashi's on the phone this afternoon. Hey, Shashi. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Yeah. It's an excellent point that you are discussing today. Uh, three things I wanted to say. One is just like the how the vehicles are supposed to be following the rules, there is a other side of the coin that uh, the pedestrians, pedestrians, they need to know the meaning of the orange flashing hand, which is, <laughs> if it's flashing and if you're walking, you should finish walking. And if you have not started walking yet, do not start walking. But I don't think anybody knows that. I see this, especially down on all the time. People are just, they will take the, as much time, as much advantage as possible of the orange flashing hand, which is actually risky for the pedestrians. It, the vehicles, they don't get hurt, but the people, but if somebody is not paying attention or due to traffic backup or, or whatnot, it's the condition that is at the, at the risk. You know, I'm going to agree with you on that one, Shashi, for sure. And I think oftentimes that, that yellow flashing hand for pedestrians is the equivalent for some drivers of the amber or the yellow light is like, hurry up and get through. Yeah, right? it's like a challenge. That's what it is. It's a challenge to see if you can get across. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, thank you. And number two is a lot of time people are just on their phone or not watching. They just start walking yeah. or they just think rather than a privilege, yeah. they think it is their right to start walking as soon as it is white uh, for the for the walking yeah. signal. And on white, even you have seen during, especially during the party hours on weekends, mm. uh, people would be running around anywhere thinking, okay, I know the cars are going to stop for me. And what I try to do is rather than stopping halfway and getting rear-ended from the back, I actually do not stop signaling in a way that please do not walk right now or please wait for all the traffic to go by. And then when it is safe for you and the other people to see you, that's when you should be walking. You do not have the right to walk right now, so do not take that right. That's my second point. The third thing I have noticed is a certain demographic uh, chooses to walk anywhere, anywhere where they feel like, and regardless of the color of the lights, and thinking that it's they own the land, that's why they are allowed to walk anywhere they want to, and do not honk at me. I, 
just watch me walking across your you know lane you know that's the attitude that they have which is totally wrong uh, thank, thank you, you very much thank you for the phone call shashi appreciate it i think here's the thing we know that unfortunately um in vehicles there are still there's so much distracted driving going on how many people are using their 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 cellular devices they're fiddling with whatever is on you know the screen in front of them so the drivers oftentimes um aren't paying attention we have pedestrians who aren't paying attention together it's a really 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 brutal combination i know when i am crossing the line crossing the line i know when i am crossing uh, a walk let's say on white avenue i will stop and i make sure that i make the eye contact with the driver like let's make sure that we all know that you know you're stopping i'm walking because otherwise i i mean that's just the best advice out there you just can't assume number one that a vehicle is just going to stop for you because you step out into it and uh, as a driver it's also your responsibility to be aware of the people who are walking in those crosswalks yeah and just assuming at this point it's just out the window yeah yeah it really is I mean especially on white or Jasper nobody is just going to stop right everybody's in a rush it can be late at night what have you that crosswalk on Jasper down by Earl's. Oh. oh. What is it? Is that what, 100 and, 100, I don't know, 100, but oh my gosh, 120th? it's terrifying at times. Absolutely terrifying. Okay, lots of texts coming in on this one at 6.30, 6.30. We'll circle around to it. We do have an interview coming up after the 2.30 news, but I want to get to all your comments as well. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.